If you will, this morning, turn with me to our text, which is found in Revelation chapter 19, verse 11. The text this morning is in Revelation 19, verse 11. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, how faithful and true Thou art. Our Lord, I pray now in this hour that Thou would be pleased to open up Thy Word, that Thou would be pleased to open the heavens, that we may see him, may see you, may see the triune God as faithful and true. I thank thee, O Lord, that thou art faithful and that thou art true. I pray this hour, Lord, that you would impress that upon us in this world of unfaithfulness, in this world of lies, that you would be pleased to bring us to thy feet to assure us this morning that, Lord, you are faithful and you are true. For this I ask, Lord, that you would bring all glory to thyself. And I ask in Jesus' name, amen. Our text this morning was dropped to me. i got to admit that I didn't know where it was found when, when it came. As many of you know, Stephanie and I, is, with our children, have been going through some things. And... and uh, you know, what the Lord impressed upon me early was that He's faithful and true. Um, I think when Satan comes, and he comes a lot, when he comes to me to torment me, he always comes with how unfaithful I am. And how, how much sin and things lie in my life and how deserving I am wrath, judgment. And when things go what we call according to God's providence, but they're not what we would call good things, I'm easily tripped up that way, I must admit. It's, it's, when I'm attacked that way, it causes a lot of reflection upon me and what I've done wrong and where I've, where I've sinned. And, and it's a good thing. I do believe the Holy Spirit searches me that way and reveals how unfaithful I am. And But in the midst of all of it, the Lord dropped these words to me, faithful and true. And I knew in the Word of God somewhere I would be led to where it said that He was faithful and true. So when I went looking and I saw it here in Revelation, I, I had a feeling it was in Revelation, I knew that was a text the Lord had designed for me this morning. So that's where we are, Revelation 19, 11, and it begins this way. And I saw heaven opened. Oh, I've had some blessed thoughts of that. I thought, Lord, how else could I know that you're faithful and true? You have to open the heavens to show me. I know that when Stephen was at the very end of his life and those rocks were coming and being pelted him in the head and, and all of that horrific, the people were just killing him over and over again. The Lord proved to 
to Stephen, he was faithful and true by opening the heavens and allowing Stephen to see Christ waiting for him, waiting to bring him home. That's how faithful and true he is. Ever since I was young, I've always tried, whenever I had something hard in my life, I always tried to imagine myself on the other side of it, to bring myself comfort. Like, this is what it would be like when it's over. When I had a couple of operations when I was younger, and that's, that's what got me through them. I thought about what it would be like when I'm out of the hospital, or what I'll be like what I'll be like when I'm done with all of this and, and then I'm healed and I'm better and I'm going on my way that's nice and everything um, but that those thoughts never never bring into complications or they never bring into God's providence of what he has for you in that trial the only thing that I found that the Lord has revealed to me that has been a place of rest for me is in his faithfulness and his truth the truth that never wavers. The faithfulness means something I can count on. And when I look to myself and the Lord shows how many times that I've counted on myself and I've failed, I know that self is not something I can trust in. I've been married a long time now and the one that the Lord has given me, I would trust above any man or woman on this earth. But she too has let me down. Because she's not faithful to the point where she doesn't sin. And that's the thing about the Lord. And as I sat and I listened last week, and Brother Paul was preaching, and his message too was about the faithfulness of the Lord. And it ministered to me greatly because of the week that I knew I had ahead of me going into that week. And, and to hear that again, the faithfulness that the Lord had already given me this text, but then confirmed it in the Word that, yes, He's faithful. And they're just not words. They're just not words for the child of God. He has to be brought to that place to see that the Lord went first for him in everything. That the Lord is his surety. That what he said he will do, he's done every bit of it. And that's what we're challenged with when we read these words that he's called faithful and true. And the only way that we can get to understand is heaven must be open. The Lord opens heaven for us by faith to apprehend what He says in His Word is true. That what the Lord said He would do, He did. What He says He will do for you today, tomorrow, next week, and into the future, He's done. It's settled in Him. Thy Word, O Lord, is settled in heaven. Yes, the Word, the eternal Word, which is Christ. He has settled all things. And I wouldn't understand that if the Lord didn't open heaven for me to see it. We're told throughout the Word that all of God's children must be taught of Him. And for every one of you here this morning, everyone sitting in that individual chair, the Lord must open heaven for you to understand that He is faithful and true. To show you, prove to you that He is faithful and true. So as I read that and I see that John was blessed with revelation that the Lord, and he had used this terminology a couple times before in this book because he keeps wanting us to know that the only way he can know deeper of Christ, which I believe this book is written as all the books are, 
a deeper understanding of Christ and His finished work. How can we know that? He must open heaven. And in, in this vision and in this revelation that He gave John, the very first thing He wants John to know is that He's sitting on a white horse. That's above us. That's exalted. He must increase. We must decrease. And as the only way we can see Him as faithful and true is the Lord must reveal Himself higher than we are. And of great purity. That's what white is for. Victorious. That Jesus is the victory that's overcome the world. And to understand that He's faithful means that He's overcome all my enemies. And He's overcome the enemy that lies within me. Myself. And He's... He's overcome that enemy that's in my ear all the time telling me how bad I am. And I think, what a Lord. What a Savior to care and to condescend to that, to, to reveal to me somebody not worthy to have it revealed to that He's faithful and true. That He's triumphantly coming this way. That He comes to the soul as faithful and true. And we're going to look at that today because that's, that's the whole point. The, the crux of my message comes from faithfulness and truth. What does the Bible say about that? What is He faithful to? What is He true about? In this world today, um, one of the things I know you must admire in people that you love is faithfulness. I admire that in my wife. She's been faithful to me as long as we've been married. My children are faithful to me in some ways. Very, very much. You admire faithfulness in ones that you love. You, you desire them to be faithful to you as, as you believe you're faithful to them. But in our faithfulness, we fail. In our faithfulness, there's even mixture in our faithfulness of doubt and, and bad thoughts and evil thoughts and we don't love the way that we should. We don't pray for one another the way we should. We're not faithful to that end. But we have a Lord who is. And to understand that, He's faithful to open the heavens to do that. To open the heavens to reveal to us that He comes. When He comes, He's triumphant. And He's pure in everything that He does. He's on that white horse. He's He's victorious. And as He comes in, He reveals Himself as these names, faithful and true. To Isaiah, He said in Isaiah 25, 1, O Lord, Thou art my God. I will exalt Thee. I will praise Thy name. For Thou hast done wonderful things. Thy counsels of old are faithfulness and truth. He revealed to Isaiah, His prophet, that he was faithful and true. Isaiah could pour his heart out and what was there. And he did this by the Lord's presence in him. Lord, thou art my God. He understood that oneness because the Lord was faithful to reveal it. And he revealed that truth to Isaiah that that's how we can lift up our, our uh, mouths of praise and our thanksgiving and say, Lord, you are true. You are faithful. You are my God. He does that because He's faithful and true. 
The psalmist said in Psalm 40, verse 10, I have not hid thy righteousness within my heart. I have declared thy faithfulness and thy salvation. I have not concealed thy loving kindness and thy truth from the great congregation. David was brought to exalt those things in his Savior, that his Savior was faithful. And when the Lord works those things in you, that he's faithful in your life, those are the things you share with your brother. Those are the things that you want them to know. You want them to know that he has proved himself faithful to you. I know in our lives there's times of great sorrow and great questioning. I have one in my home now that's going through great questioning. She questions a lot of things in her life. And what I could tell her only is that the Lord is faithful. How do I know that? He's proved it to me. And I stand here today telling you that I know He's faithful to prove it to her. Because He's faithful. He's always faithful to His people. To bring them out of the wilderness. To set them in that large place. Remember, we have to be brought from somewhere to be set in that place. It's a place of being lost. It's a place of questioning. It's a place of wondering whether we're the Lord's child or not. Or sometimes even caring whether we are. Because we're so caught up in this world sometimes. But He's faithful. And He's true. So this morning I, I want to look at some of the things the Bible says about His faithfulness. And I want to begin with He is faithful to call us to fellowship. He is faithful to call us to fellowship. With one another, but most importantly with Him. Because if that fellowship is with Him, it will be with the brethren. That comes from 1 Corinthians 1.9. God is faithful by whom you were called unto the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So the Lord is faithful. In that name, faithfulness, He is faithful to call us to fellowship, oneness, to experience what it's like to be in Christ. To experience what the life of Christ is in our soul. He's faithful to perform that. He's faithful to do that. He's faithful to call us into that. Because as I just said, we walk according to only the dictates of our flesh at times. We walk according to this world at times. Even though we've been quickened into new life. If we've been quickened into new life. And we need the shepherd to bring that voice, that faithful voice that calls us back and says, come back here to the fold. Come back, you're wandering. You're wandering. To bring us back, to show us that the, the pasture that He has put for us is all that we ever need. And it's so full of everything that there's nothing lacking in that pasture. Because we like to, to put our head through that fence and look for the grass somewhere else. But He is faithful to call us to that oneness and that fellowship with Him. He is also faith, a faithful high priest to intercede for us always. I think about that as I told you, we started this message with you, me telling you how unfaithful I am. And I think that He's always a faithful intercessor. 
He's always, as a high priest, making intercession for me. In Hebrews 2.17, we hear these words, Wherefore, in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of his people. We need that reconciliation. We need that faithfulness. The faithfulness of the one who will our hand, who will wash us in his blood and reconcile us to the Father who we've sinned against. We know the penalty of sin. The Bible doesn't lie. It's a faithful witness. We know that this word is true and that the, the wages of sin is death. The child of God must experience the faithfulness of his Lord to come and say to him that your sins are forgiven. That I am your high priest, that I intercede for you over and over. We need to bathe in that fountain of blood that Christ has opened for his people. And how does that take place? His faithfulness. His faithfulness to bring us there to do that. Which leads us to the next point. He is, faith, he is a faithful witness to us of His resurrection and His redemption. That's found in Revelation 1.5 where John wrote, And from Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead. He's alive. He is risen. And the pr prince of the kings of the earth unto Him that loved us and washed us from our sins in His own blood. Christ is faithful to reveal and witness to our soul that He is the resurrection and the life. And because He is, we have life. And He is faithful to reveal to us that He washes us, that He has washed us, that He continues to wash us, to present us as a chaste, Bride to the Father. I know we can't understand that because we look at the righteousness that we're robed in here of the, what we work and what we spend of our own and we see how marred it is and how filthy rags that it is. But to be fitted with this coat and this robe, the robe of righteousness, the righteousness of Christ as He is faithful to do so so that the Father does not see that sin. It's covered. It's covered in the blood of the Lamb. It's taken away as far as the east is from the west. And He sees us as holy in His Son who is holy. Those words, I even stutter to say them, they're too, too deep for me, too magnificent for me. That way is way too deep for me to understand because I still walk in this polluted land with my polluted self. But he's faithful and true to perform that which he said he would do. I need to know his faithfulness. I need to experience his faithfulness in all things. Which brings us to our next text, which we know this one very well, that he is faithful in all things. And 1 Thessalonians 5.24 tells us, Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. My strength and my life lies in another. 
It lies in the one who said, I will be your life. My faithfulness will perform all things for you. Are you not perfectly obedient? No, Lord, I'm not. Well, I am. I am the faithful, perfect, obedient servant. Son. Son of God. I stood in your place. I am faithful to perform all things for you. Everything that we need to live a holy life is in Christ. Is performed by Christ in His people. He's a faithful shepherd to do so. Faithful is He that calleth you to discipleship, that calls you to follow Him, that calls you to live a life for Him, that calls you into servitude. Faithful is He that calleth you who will do it, who also will do it. He will perform all things for me because He's faithful. How do I know this? Well, heaven must be opened. That's what our text says. When heaven's opened and we see Him as victory, we see Him riding as purity on that white horse, He is faithful and true. Faithful in all things. He is also faithful to establish and keep us. How are we established? What are we established on? There's many of us in here that may think today we're established very strong. We're established in our job. We're established where we live. We're established in this life. We're entrenched in it. Is that what that means? Well, 2 Thessalonians 3.3 3 says, But the Lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil. He establishes us on the rock that is Himself. He said, I'll build my church on this rock, on Himself. The rock that is Christ. The rock that's unmovable. The rock that's unwaverable. And we'll get more to that when we get to true. Because many things in this life we think today are true won't be true tomorrow. But He will be. But He is faithful to establish us in him. He is faithful to establish our comings out and our going in in the sheepfold. That's what our shepherd does. So I said to, to understand the depth of what he does for you, you, the Lord must open heaven for you today. And any time that he reveals this, he must open it to your soul and say, I see you reigning. And when heaven's opened, we see him sovereignly reigning. No creature, no man-centeredness, no man-ability, nothing. We see Him reigning and doing. Him performing as the great witness of Himself who can swear by no other, which we're about to get to. Oh, but He is faithful also to forgive. He's faithful not only to forgive, but to give the gift of repentance. That's what we're told in Romans. How great a gift it is. The, the gift of repentance is from the goodness of God to give it to us. And, and what a benevolent Lord to give us forgiveness and repentance. 1 John 1.9 tells us that if we confess our sins. And we don't confess them freely, believe me. I think we all know that. We try to hide them. We try to hope God doesn't see them. But when the Lord comes and heaven is opened, 
and repentance is given. Then and only then we confess our sins. And if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. He told us here on earth 70 times 7 because it's perfection. Because as many times as we're brought to bathe in the blood is as many times as He gives us repentance and forgiveness of those sins. Over and over again. I don't know about you, but that's comforting to me because I know by the time I walk out that door, I'm going to have sinful thoughts. By the time I get to lunch today, I'm going to have hard thoughts. The wicked one's going to come and he's going to tempt me. And sad to say, my flesh is going to run right after that and say, yes, I'll be a willful follower of you. But the Lord is faithful to put down the flesh, to mortify the flesh, to raise up Himself in the life of His children. He's faithful to do so. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All unrighteousness. That's what that means. He takes the sin away. It's not brought up later. I mean, we might bring it up in our mind, but the Lord has put it away. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But He is also faithful to deliver. I love this verse. I think we all like to share this with those who are going through trials that are very heavy. In 1 Corinthians 10.13, Paul writes, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. We always forget that part. We always think we're special. Meaning that what the hardness of the trial we have is harder than anybody's ever had. The temptation the devil's tempting us with is, is worse than any temptation any man's ever had. But the Bible tells us right here, there's no temptation that hadn't been given to man before. But God is faithful. That's immediately the next word. There's no temptation take, taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Faithful for what? Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. He's designed every temptation and every trial to not overcome the child of God. Think about that. Think about how burdened we are at times and how we just get to the end, we cry out, we scream out, we say, Lord, I can't take any more. But His Word says, which is true, His Word says that we can in Him who strengthens us. He has designed everyone. And He, has, he said, I will not give you more temptation that will overcome you. But listen to what he says. But with, with the temptation also make a way to escape. I used When I read that when I was younger, I used to re read that and say, well, I need to look for those ways to get out of temptations. I'd look to myself. You know, I'd start to, okay, the devil's tempting me with this. Now, now what can I go and do to get my mind out? Or what can I do to, 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 to not give in to that temptation? Well, I, I'm going to think happy thoughts. Or I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm going to go outside and play this so I can get away from this temptation. That was in my young state. Then when the Lord revealed to me that He was the way, that He's the way, the truth, and the life, He's the way to escape every temptation. He has provided a way to escape in Himself. 
Because He's faithful. He's faithful to provide that way for every sheep to walk. To walk away from the temptation. To be brought away from the temptation. To hear the voice of the shepherd to say, Come, come, come away from that temptation. That's what He's done. He's faithful and true to do that. With, the, with Also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Bear it in what? Bear it in Christ. That's the only way. We can't bear things on our own because that's what leads to hardness and leads to bitterness and leads to those feelings of not being loved and not being nurtured and not being secured. That's when our thoughts start to come back on self. Or we look to others to fulfill those things. Of, well, you have to do this for me or you have to do that. If you're not doing that, then those hard thoughts come. The Lord didn't say He'd provide another. He provides Himself. He's the shepherd. He's the faithful one. Faithful and true. And the last place that we'll go under this heading of faithfulness, I've already hinted to you, is in 2 Timothy 2.13. He is faithful. His faithfulness does not rely on your and my faithfulness. Oh, praise God for that. That that the Lord doesn't look, as I know many people believe this, but, oh, well, if you go to church, I'm going to be good to you. If you sing songs and you really mean them, I'm going to be good to you. You read your Bible, I'm going to be good to you. Because you've been faithful to me, I'm going to be faithful to you. I was raised that way until the Lord revealed He's the faithful one. And the only way I'll be faithful is because He's faithful. And that's what He says in Second. Timothy 2.13 If we believe not, if we are un, in unbelief, if, and, and we, we stay a lot of, there a lot of times, we cleave to many things on this earth and people on this earth. If we believe not, listen to these words, yet He abideth faithful. He abideth faithful. He will always be faithful. Even when you don't believe. It's not dependent on you. It's not dependent on your faith. It's dependent on Him. It's the faith of the Son of God. If we believe not, yet He abideth faithful, He cannot deny Himself. Now think about that a minute. He is purity. He is on this great horse, this white horse. He's exalted. He is the Son of God. He cannot deny Himself. How many times do you and I spend denying ourselves? Oh, this can't be... No, I'm not. I can't be God's child. Oh, look at that hard thought I had. Oh, how horrible I am. And all that's true on this realm. It is true. But if Christ be in you, the hope of glory, He has overcome all. He's the true witness. He's faithful. He's faithful. Even when we are not. He can't deny Himself because Himself is faithfulness. But as I said, He's not just faithful, He's true. Every day, I won't say that, very often, the Lord drops that text to me, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I feel like Thomas many times by saying Lord how will I know the way how can I know the way in this situation it's too hard for me it's way beyond my knowledge it's way beyond what I've been given 
And the Lord says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So as we hear this morning in our text in Revelation, we hear that He's faithful and true. He is truth. He's always been true. In Psalm 119, 160, we hear, Thy word is true from the beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. That word is the eternal word. That word is also the written word, which was eternal in Christ. So we have something here that we're told by the psalmist that it was true from the beginning. Now that's important because you and I aren't true from the beginning. You ever get in a situation like that when you're, maybe you're embellishing something or maybe you're, you're telling a story or something and somebody finds you or starts to get wise to what you're telling them and all of a sudden you start to throw truth back in there or you have to stop yourself and say, well, that's not maybe how it happened. Maybe it happened this way. Or maybe you believe something happened that way and others who were there will sit there and go, that ain't how that happened. I was there. See, what we call truth sometimes gets muddled by life, by our fallen nature. What we see and we perceive, we call it truth. I, my eyes don't lie. I call it truth. But is it truth? Is it truth compared to the one who is true? The Word is true from the beginning. He never changes. I am the Lord. I change not. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Thy word is true from the beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. It's eternal. His truth is eternal. He is the true and living God. Now, some of these verses I picked out is because I wanted you to hear from the saints all over. I didn't want to just use New Testament. I didn't want to just... Has the Lord witnessed that He's faithful and true to His people throughout all of time? Yes. And Jeremiah says this in Jeremiah 10.10, But the Lord is the true God. He is the living God and an everlasting King. He is the true God. Jeremiah was, was faced with a lot of false gods around him. You and I today are faced with a lot of false gods around us. Religious gods and non-religious gods. Little G's. But we're inundated with them every day. We are just bombarded every day. Every, you turn on the TV, you go down the road, you go to work, anywhere you go, there's some new thing to be an idol in your life. Well, Jeremiah, it was revealed to him, the Lord is the true God. But not only a true God, He's a living God. See, when the heavens are opened, when the heavens are opened, and the Lord reveals to you that He's a living God, that answers all your questions to how things will get done. And it won't be you. You're not looking to you anymore. He's a living God. He lives in the child of God. He performs all things in the child of God. But heaven has to be opened. We must see Him as victorious. We must see Him as increased and us as decreased. That's how He does it. He exalts Himself and He puts down us, the flesh, to bring us in oneness with Him. 
we must be emptied first. Must be emptied of all that carnality of self. But God is true. And all men are liars. That's what Paul wrote in Romans 3, 4. He said, God, let God be true. And all men liars. Now that might be tough for you. Because you might tune in to your favorite news guy every night and say, you know what, I trust this guy. Whatever he says is true. But if we're true to what the Bible says, all men are liars. All men are deceived by the deceiver. That's what's in our fallen nature. We didn't have no truth. Once Adam fell and we fell in him, we lost all truth. Every bit of it must be restored only in Christ. He is the second Adam. And now we're faced with this true, untrue. I mean, look look how much we hear all that. There's fake news. Oh, this is fake. That isn't real. This is fake. How do you know what's true? I come back to Pilate's words, I don't know what, how many times. What is truth? What is truth? Lord, I need You to reveal to me what is truth. Well, the Bible tells me let God be true. And if God has revealed Himself in these pages, then these pages must be true. And if these pages speak of the Lord Jesus Christ, He must be true. He is faithful and true. And He is the only true light that has ever come into this world. That's what John told us at the beginning of his gospel he wrote in one nine, that he that was the true light, speaking of Christ, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. The only light that you will ever receive if you're a child of God is the light of Christ. It's not the light of your intellect. It's not the light of, of men. It's not the light of your knowledge. Is the light of Christ. He's the illuminator. He's the one who opens the heavens. He's the one who reveals what truth is. So when He is the truth, He is the true light that lights every one of His children. We're warned in the Gospel when Jesus said that there is a false light. There is a false light. And how great that darkness is. I think about Revelation. You know, think about not the book, but what Revelation is to a child of God. And it's just not revealing that Jesus is Jesus. The devils knew that. I mean, think about that. When He walked on this earth, the devils knew Him. They knew Him as the Son of God. Is that saving knowledge? No. To know Him that way is not saving knowledge. We're talking about union in knowing Him as a deep relationship of oneness with Christ. And He is true to illuminate the child of God to that oneness. To reveal to Him, to the child of God, that, there's, that He is their life. We also know Him as the true vine, don't we? And that's what I was thinking when I read that, well, the Lord is the true vine. And I'm sorry, that's found in John 15.1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. When I read that verse together with the Father and the Son, I see that they have done everything that I need to be nourished with. The husbandman takes care of everything, and the vine is where the nourishment comes from. So everything that we have comes from the Father through the Son. And the Son feeds us. And the Son is the way, the truth, and the life. And so... Outside of the vine is death. 
He is the true vine. Many things we latch onto in this life and we call them what nourishes us. You know, whether it's fame or money or name or whatever it is. We, we count on those things. We rest in those things as being security. And with a drop of a, a cup or just a blink of the eye, it could be gone. Any of those temporal things, that's what they are, it's temporal. But not the eternal word. Not the light. Not the truth. Not, not the faithful and true one. He will always be true. He is the true vine that gives life and nourishment and everything to the child of God. And then, our last place that we'll go, our last text, is 1 John 5.20. He reveals Himself as true, but He keeps us in truth. It's one of my favorite verses to read because over and over it exalts the truthfulness of Christ. 1 John 5.20 says, And we know that the Son of God is come. And that's what I was just explaining to you. The devils knew He came. So this knowing has to be much deeper that John saying that the people of God understand and that the people of God can enter into. That's right. When the heavens are open, the Lord takes us and sets us in that place to teach us at His feet and say, this is true of me and gives us the faith to say, I believe it. I believe it, Lord. I apprehend it. It's all of Him. So He says, we know that the Son of God has come and hath given us an understanding that we may know Him that is true. That's how we started today. The heavens must be opened. He must give us an understanding to know Him who is true. This world is full of falseness. The deceivers roaming around full of lies. We need to hear truth. And the only one we can hear that from is the voice of the shepherd. My sheep hear my voice. He said they shall hear my voice. I believe Him. I believe He's true. I believe everything He said was true. So if He said He'd do it, He would do it. We know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know Him that is true. And we are in Him that is true, even in His Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. This is the true God and eternal life. So the picture we have for us this morning in Revelation 19.11 and I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. Faithful and True. I hope the Lord opens the heavens for you this morning to see him as faithful and true. What does that mean? Is he faithful to me in those ways that I've heard this morning? Is he true? Do I look at him as truth that way, that he's true? And everything in comparison to him is not? May the Lord come now and open the heavens for us all that we may see Him. And He that sat upon Him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness He doth judge and make war. Don't ever forget that about our Lord. Everything He does is in purity of righteousness. Everything He does is good. From the beginning of this book He saw that it was good it was done. For allowing sin into the world, it was good. For bringing His Son into time to die for His children, it was good. It was righteous. 
everything he does in his judgment is righteous and true and he makes war. He makes war with our enemies. Praise be to God, he does. He's faithful and true to put down our enemies, including self. He is Jehovah, said Canaan. He is the Lord our righteous, which is what Jeremiah wrote in Jeremiah 23, 6. In his days, Judah shall be saved and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is his name whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. May the Lord impress that upon us today, this hour. May open the heavens. As I've said, I started this message. He's faithful to do so. Um, without that faithfulness, I, I've said it many times, my wife and I have said it many times to each other, I don't know what where we'd be. I mean, we know. We don't want to consider that. Um, what life would be without the Lord. To be wrapped in His faithfulness and by His truth and in His righteousness. To be kept from, from all evil. To have that hedge about us. To have everything in life that we ever need in Him. I just... I just don't know what life would be like. It would be most miserable. And the misery would be unsurmountable. May the Lord impress that upon us in this hour. Dear Heavenly Father, add Thy power and Thy clarity for Thy name's sake. And may You prove to us this day, Lord, Thy faithfulness and Thy truth as only Thou can. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.